0: The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too.
0: Roughly 300 people that were there to celebrate the end of Roe vs. Wade. Obviously, very peaceful celebration. Well, the bottom line comes from the Bible. We are to have no fellowship with darkness. I didn't agree with teachers or anybody for that matter, teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children, simply based on the color of their skin.
2: The books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant and they're targeting even younger children when we are counting ourselves as believers that we need to count the cost of being a follower of jesus
1: yeah and to think i used to be a liberal too this is mission america with linda harvey
0: because with god all things all things
1: all things
0: are still still possible
1: Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four minute commentaries right here on the word Columbus on Tuesdays and Thursdays just after 4 p.m. And also be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. You've heard me and others talk about the new framework invading schools nationwide called social-emotional learning, but what is it really? How should parents evaluate this sweeping new approach to education? Well, here to dissect this in a way that parents will find extremely useful is an expert on social-emotional learning. Our guest is Marcia Metzger. Marsha Metzger has served children and youth all of her adult life in the forms of both ministry and teaching, and she is a longtime sexual risk avoidance abstinence educator. She's now president and founder of Parents on the Level, a Georgia nonprofit that outfits parents in 14 South Georgia school districts with the knowledge they need to navigate the complex nature of the American school system. She's recently authored her first book, Book, the Parent Navigator, and we will talk about that, and is excited to share her research with parents all over the country in order to help them decide what's best for their families. Welcome to Mission America Radio, Marsha.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me, Linda. I'm very excited to be with you.
1: Well, it's great to have connected with you through many of our mutual acquaintances and through some of the incredible training you have done on Zoom uh, meetings that I've been involved in. And I thought, I need to get Marsha on my program. So, so first, thank you. Yeah, just start us off by telling us how you went from the sexual risk avoidance, abstinence-based teaching, and the dedication, and the thought that that goes into that, and the background, and then what got you interested in social-emotional learning,
2: Well, it's a very unique story, and I can tell you this. um, It came to me. I didn't go looking for it. (laughs) What generally had taken place was uh, my husband pastors a church here, and we had served um, before that for about four years in Pennsylvania. I taught in schools throughout Juniata and Mifflin counties and Huntington counties up in Pennsylvania and had no problem getting into the schools, sharing the message of just making good choices, understanding that your education could be derailed if you make poor choices, waiting for sex, you know, when you're in a monogamous relationship, hopefully maybe presenting it that way. So in Blue State, Pennsylvania, I was in the public schools. But when we relocated, returned home to the south here in Pennsylvania, I mean, in uh, Georgia, I could not get in the first school. And I'm in huh. South Georgia. I'm not in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm you're, in,
1: you're what in B- B- you
2: would consider the Bible belt. Yeah. So mm. um yeah, I work in fourteen school districts in the South region. So it's it's um right up the I seventy five corridor. Anyway, um I could not get in the first school, even though I had grants, I had a free free curriculum for them and everything, and I would even do the reporting on the grants for them. I could not get in the schools. So uh, when I got the closed door, I had some friends that were in the legal field that said, "Marsha, why don't you file an open record request and find out what they're teaching? And um, I did. And my eyes were opened wide to what social and emotional learning is about because I literally had to go back and forth for quite some time with them to get access codes They gave me every excuse in the world why I could not have them, but by law in Georgia, they have to provide you an account so you can look at the digital programming. I got that digital account and I started going through this massive video library that no parent would ever have time to do. The only reason I had time to do is I chose to do that during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's what I spent my time doing. So, what was unique, Linda, was that the lessons that they said that they were going they were going to use social and emotional learning for their comprehensive or for their sex education classes. And I figured it would be in the comprehensive sex education field, which aligns itself more with CECUS and Planned Parenthood. They teach kids how to get consent to have sex instead of encouraging them to wait. So I was looking for those kinds of things. Well, sure enough, that is what was there. And but I had to sit through 80 lessons to unlock those lessons.
1: Oh, boy, wow. That's unbelievable. They were sh-
2: strategically hidden, strategically hidden. Mm. And don't think I sat through all of those lessons. What I do is, I mean, you know, I would go by and hit play, let it play, go to the next, go to the next. And I had to put answers in their call to action assignments. They teach activism in the, in this particular program that I was in. So, once I spent all that time and I, you know, was able to get some video clips and information from it and brought it to the school, they said that they would stop it and that they would recollect with their curriculum leaders to figure out something different.
1: Mm-hmm. And so and did so they. I so did they. So just had to
2: take their word for it. Yeah. I just had to take their word for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I wanted to take their word for it. I want to build community here. I didn't want to come in and and disturb things or be threatening to my school's administration. That's not my style, but the more I have dealt with these school systems, it's so evident to me that they really want to protect the school more than the child. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
2: That is, that is primarily the biggest Uh, that that just screams at you when you're dealing with them. There's no concern. What is this doing to the heart and mind of a child? Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is when you zoom out and you really look at what is taking place in these SEL systems is I have come up with 15 harmful elements that I cover in some of my presentations and in my book. And it talks about how They are doing a therapeutic type of educational approach with our students. They're talking about basically aligned under the color of mental health. Yes. And they're collecting data on the students. They are these psychological evaluations could be really constructed and taught by teachers that are not even qualified. I mean, it's like impersonating a, a mental health counselor almost. It, I mean, it really is. And they're asking um, information and harvesting it. The most personal thoughts of your child and of their experiences. So get this, no matter the age of a child, say that even a child couldn't read, say if they come in and they click, on an emoji for how they feel that day? And what if they click on a sad emoji, Mm -hmm. a crying emoji? And then that particular teacher can find out what's going on and send them to a counselor now counselors today are geared up to be more of a mental health counselor in the schools now instead of a guidance counselor you know we used to have counselors that would listen to problems of children and they would triage and refer no now they're really getting into the emotional um, information and and now with cdc wanting to come in and and overlay on this sdl i mean this has all been designed for quite some time it's it's mm-hmm. more and more evident it is overwhelming it's, it's hard to to really do a justice to such a deep subject in such a little time. It's
1: well, a lot. Well, let's back up a little bit. This is uh, There's just so much I could ask you. Okay, so let's start with how widespread is social emotional learning in schools in the U.S.? I mean, I know that it the, here in Ohio, um, the Ohio Department of Education adopted it as the framework for their uh, strategic plan in 2019, but we're locally controlled as are many, many schools around mm-hmm. the country. And uh, uh, but still, we're finding it's yes. They many of the local schools in Ohio have gone right along with it, and it's deeply embedded here in Ohio. What are you finding? And you've seen it in Georgia, obviously. What are you finding throughout the the country?
2: What I am finding is that the um, the funding from COVID money. I'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that because it's a little complex to talk about the funding. But because of the lost learning time that they supposedly had in schools they've created this emergency you know to come in with money and transform our schools the way they want them from a federal level and a federal plan that's really not even just a federal plan it's even a global plan and i can explain that to you maybe on another at another time but the thing is it is in every single public school now and it's not just taught as a standard alone class you don't get a class in social emotional learning it's more of a pedagogy meaning an approach in which to teach and it comes through in these digital programs um, many of them are coming through their um, english language arts ela kind of fields there are digital systems like Newzella, and Common Lit 360, and just several myriads of different products. I mean, the billions of dollars that are going into and through these school systems, it is unbelievably fluid right Mm -hmm. now from the government. And it is redefining the way we do it. And and they're bypassing local control laws. These things, Mm -hmm. honestly, will be challenged in courts. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm waiting to hear some more back from the Loudoun County, Virginia case. They have filed about this situation along with the case where the child got um, raped by the transgender yes. student. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, that case, everyone needs to watch that case because it will set precedent regarding SEL. Um, mm-hmm. Social and emotional learning um, comes from Chicago, from CASEL, C-A-S-E-L dot org, CASEL dot org. It stands for the Collaborative of Academic of academic, social, and emotional learning. However, they're dropping the academics aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And then we're just calling it SEL now because that's really all they were after anyway.
1: Yes. Now, here, An emotional yes, approach to right. learning. Yeah, that that's the key is that, first of all, I think it was the American Rescue Plan of funds mm-hmm. that did uh, mm-hmm. it brought in and mandated all this mental health counseling for COVID. Isn't that interesting how that all went together? Um, and, yes. and they are bypassing uh the local control and just what do you do when you get a bunch of money? You hire new mental health counselors and social workers by the, the the scads because kids are highly emotionally disturbed. Sometimes uh, they were it was enhanced by COVID and the shutdowns. It's been enhanced by the breakdown of the family. And here here comes the school da 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 to the rescue and they're gonna fix all this. Do they have the right and authority to deal with what they call the whole child? Do they have the right to step in and do that? No. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna ask you that. That's a huge question. But people need to ask themselves this very, very pertinent issue. Does the school have the authority to take all aspects of your child's life? Marsha.
2: No, ma'am, they do not. Actually, our First Amendment rights um, allow, well, I mean, our, our rights are given by God, not by the government. These are our inalienable rights to direct the upbringing of our children fundamentally in the way that we see fit. And it's also tied to our religious freedoms. And so when you have schools coming in and minimizing your belief system, they literally desacralize sexuality, they desacralize gender, immutable things that that we hold sacred unto God as Christians, and many other religions are the same. So what I would say as far as them coming in with the whole child approach, which that is connected um, they call it the whisk model, the, the whole child, whole school, whole community um, coming in and trying to take the role of the parent in the schools. This is breaking constitutional laws. Many states now are even um, adopting parental rights laws to try to get a handle on this because many of our lawmakers, they don't have time to study this SEL issue in depth right. like we do. Right. Um, and who does? I mean – and you know, like I say, it found me before I, I mean, I never even knew what it was before I did that open record on it. So as far as to what's taking place, you know, with the students, when you are placing a child in a school and you are taught the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion aspect, which is also honored by the CDC and the whole child theory, all of that together you know social and emotional learning drives this train down the tracks right through the schools all of these things are right there behind that engine
1: and we've been talking with Marsha metzger of parents on the level and the parent navigator we're talking about social emotional learning throughout our schools and our culture so stay with us for the rest of this fascinating interview here on mission america we will be right back following these messages
0: today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda.
1: And we've been talking about social-emotional learning with Marsha Metzger of Parents on the Level and the Parent Navigator. We're talking about how social-emotional learning is throughout our school systems and our culture. Let's continue this fascinating interview.
2: The social and emotional learning is the framework that drives it. DEI or diversity, equity, inclusion, that is the enforcement part of it. Mm -hmm. Inclusion makes anyone, if you submit to the inclusion of building up something that is desacralizing your own religious beliefs. Now, if someone does that to a child, that is so unlawful and unethical. And it is something that we have to to, um, push back on and claim it's unethical and get our ethics departments involved in this. Right. This is so important for our children. I I can't sound the alarm loud enough.
1: Right. And so what I want to do is get a little bit specific in the time we have because the time is going along here. How does SEL show up in schools? I know we've talked about surveys. We've talked about the check-in in in the mornings. And these uh, different vendors provide this program and and these questions questions for different class classroom areas. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: There's a multitude of ways because this is what the progressives and just flat-out socialists have come in to make sure it goes forward. Let me explain what I'm saying here. You have your superintendents, your school board members, you have companies. This is going out even into the companies that have to deal with the schools. It is coming in through, um, like you said, the surveys, not just from the companies themselves, but even through some states. And when you're pushing diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you're pushing that through, you you have to understand that it even has gone up as far as um, these companies that are uh, – let's see, like Cognia and Sachs, all of our accreditations that are here in the South – When It's from the top down. So everything. So any way that they can deliver it to the child, they will after school programs, library books, book fairs, uh, through the basic online data lockers and through just there's so many different digital systems. Ed tech and everything. So if you go to like commoneducationdatastandards.com, CEDS.com, and you look at all of the drop-down lists of everything they're collecting on us, all of this stuff, it all comes back around in the data fields and SEL. It it gets the data that they're really looking for, how to maintain control of the culture, how to become the parental voice for your child. It comes through any avenue they can. So if one's discovered and shut down, they can come in with another one. It's it's cemented in our system, and it's only going to be pulled out at the grassroots level with parent teams.
1: Yeah. So it's a
2: work with, it's, it's a lot to do. Even if you take your child out of the public school, Linda, say, say, say we as Christians, all of us take them out. Okay. We still have to go in there and do these parent teams and get the information and get it out mm-hmm. because it's not legal. It's not done right. This is not
1: right for our kids. Well, and it's transforming our entire culture. I mean, it just if, mm-hmm. we, if we take our children out, that, that doesn't deal with our neighbors, their their the children and their, their cousins and the whole citizenry of America and how it's being transformed. Mm-hmm. I, we need to get along and talk about, because of time, I, we always have way too little time to talk about your book the parent is the website yes. to go to. I can't speak highly enough about this uh, book that I went through pretty quickly, but, but I, that I've seen it on some of your zooms as well. It's, it's so, um, graphically and, uh, Interactively appealing for for parents, and I cannot cannot recommend it highly enough. I hope people will go there and um, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to look at it. So tell us a little bit about your book.
2: Well. Thank you for the way you just described it, because that's exactly how I wanted it to come through. Because I will say something. Most all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we're addicted to our media. Social media is so um, – it's doing something to our culture where we are scrolling our lives away many many times. I thought, you know, if I could make this kind of look like social media to help people yeah. – operate through a flip book because you could take this on your phone you can take it wherever so I got a flip book to where you can go in and you can take it at your own pace and you can click on every link throughout it will show you where to go to see the proof of what I speak of and not only that but I will be doing videos, and I'm hopefully building a channel sometime in the near future that shows some of my evidence. I have videos from all kind of SEL programs and digital programs wow. that I want to share with, with the public because it's, it's just that important. So the Parent Navigator, though, it doesn't just cover SEL. It covers comprehensive sexuality education. It covers how the libraries are working, how the American Library Association works again. It's parents with their Bill of Rights. I mean, it's just everything. And so we give you tools and solutions to come in and help combat this at the grassroots level as well. So that was my desire with it. And I thank you so much for just, you know letting everyone know about it because I really believe it will help parents across this country.
1: Yeah, it, it's fantastic. The parent net. So folks uh, take a note of that because you will benefit from it. It is much bigger than the SEL, but it shows how that just weaves throughout everything. You start off by with this incredible sentence uh, and I'm quoting you "Every." collectivist revolution rides in on a Trojan horse of emergency. Wow. Does that resonate in the last few years? Um, And that's exactly what we're seeing. So now the emergency after COVID is mental health. Our children are, and it's true. I just wrote a big article about this. The CDC's Uh youth risk behavior surveys reporting this. Marcia, I thank you so much for what you're doing. We're going to have to wrap up. Uh, Just give us uh, 30 seconds of a wrap up of what you'd like to parents to know about.
2: Parents, engage. Engage with your family. Engage as a, a leader a, and, and understand that your child's phone is really your phone. Engage with them. This is coming for them. It's not something that, that we can take for granted. We have to engage. So. Use this book, engage, and uh, follow us uh, on social media, Parents on the Level, on Facebook, Twitter um, as well. So we hope that we can be a service to you. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I really appreciate you.
1: Well, thank you, Marsha, for doing so much research to help parents understand these issues. And I ask my listeners to pray for you and to learn about this by reading your book, um, theparentnavigator.net. Go there. And thank you, Marsha, for being with us today thank you. And friends, I urge you to pay attention to social emotional learning and to speak up about this in your local schools. It's big. It seems overwhelming. But you know what? Our God is bigger. Always, always remember that with God, all things are still possible. I hope you have a great day.